Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to our January Michigan Man Extra. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining me today is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports with our last update before National Signing Day. Of course, things have changed this year and for the foreseeable future, as commits are allowed to sign now in the early December period. So the bulk of this year's class, which is 16 as of now, put pen to paper last month. So it will be interesting to see how toned down or different to traditional February signing day is this year, and if there is any hoopla at all. This is a big recruiting weekend for Michigan. This is our last chance with some very high-profile players. Steve Lorenz says it's already a very good class that meets our needs but it could turn out to be a really nice class if we are able to snag a few kids who haven't made their minds up yet. He's up next on this month's Michigan Man Extra here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. Here with us on our Michigan Man Extra for January with our recruiting update is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Happy New Year and great to have you back, Steve. Thanks, Mike. Always good to be on. Well, as uh, we all know, we have 16 players signed as of December. And we uh, in December, we talked about that early signing period, which makes National Signing Day very different this year for everyone. We still have three players committed but unsigned. One of those is Otis Reese from Georgia. I've been reading a lot about him lately. What is going on with him? So he'll be taking his official visit to Michigan this weekend, um, much anticipated. It's really it's the first time he's been on campus since the spring game, um, which you know is disappointing because he's been to Georgia, I think five times uh, in that same time period. Granted, you know his team. I think they went undefeated. I know they won the state championship, but you know, for him to come up during the season was very difficult because he had a game. I think the one bye week he had was during Michigan's bye. And then he was going to come up. I want to say it may have been Ohio state weekend, uh, but his team, the, there was the bad weather down in Georgia. They actually had to delay the champ or uh, one of the playoff rounds uh, because of the inclement weather down there. And, uh, so that, that he ended up having to, you know, it was kind of a weird situation. So been a couple bad luck deals in trying to get him up, but he will be up this weekend for an official visit. Uh, you know, he's mentioned a couple other schools, I think LSU and Clemson, uh, but this is definitely going to be either Michigan or Georgia. Uh, I think it's still kind of up in the air. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, Georgia's pretty tight on spots right now. I don't know anyone out there, but Georgia's putting together maybe maybe literally the best recruiting class uh, of the recruiting ranking era right now. And uh, even a guy like Otis Reese, who we just ranked in the top 100 yesterday, uh, well in the top 100, I think he's like 73rd in the country, uh, might not have a spot in their class at the, at this rate, which is insane if you think about it. Uh, but the vibe is, I think, more positive for Michigan uh, the last few weeks or so. Uh, I know he's got multiple coaches on staff who are all over him. Chris Partridge, who's re-signed now, I think getting him back in the fold was probably pivotal 
and and maybe wrapping this one up. He does have his official to Georgia though next weekend, so it's not a deal where this is his last visit. You know, and Michigan can kind of shut this down. I don't anticipate that to happen, um, but you know, we'll have to see how it goes. Again, he's been it's been so long since he's been there. I think maybe he just needs to see everybody again, uh, get acclimated to campus, the current players and stuff again, and uh, maybe this will all blow over. But uh, but it's definitely Michigan or Georgia, and you know, but again, it's I I couldn't say with extreme confidence, you know, how it's going to end right now. It, it does depend on how things kind of shake out for Georgia still, in my opinion. Well, Steve, another one of the unsigned kids is Kenny Bell from Kansas City. I believe he was the uh, the basketball player who uh, decided he was going to play football. But is everything still pretty good with him? Yeah, he'll also uh, be officially visiting this weekend. I mean, he's going to be a, he's going to be a test of the staff's evaluation ability. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's I think he's kind of the one guy in the class that people kind of scratch their head about. Uh, I can say that multiple members on the staff loved his film. They like him as a person. And, and I know that there were others. Once Michigan got involved, uh, some other pretty big-name programs reached out. Uh, but he had already made, pretty much made up his mind. You know, Michigan was kind of like the first one and came in and said, hey, you know, we really like you. We want you. So he kind of rebuffed some other programs that came along. I want to say Penn State was among the programs that reached out, you know, so no, you know, some legit programs. And so, uh, I, I, like I said, still, he is kind of an unknown. Uh, it's going to be really, really, his his career is going to be really interesting to see. I mean, he's a, he's an excellent athlete. If you YouTube any of his basketball videos, uh, the guy can jump through the roof and, uh, you know, he's, so you can see he's got that natural athletic ability and, uh, you know, he, I think he had almost 2,500 total yards this season. Another one of the kids uh, that did not sign in December and we're waiting on is a uh, quarterback, Kevin Doyle. And he's been saying all along, he's a solid Michigan guy. Anything different there? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, I know talking to Kevin, I think on Tuesday, uh, Pep Hamilton was just in to see him. I believe that was late last week. Uh, you know, I know there have been rumors that maybe he might take a year at prep school. Uh, you know, he's never shared that with me. Not saying that's not a possibility or that that, that might not happen, but uh, I there's been no indication that it won't be Michigan in some capacity. Uh, I don't think there are any other schools that are really recruiting him at this point. Uh, I think it's just a matter of Michigan maybe trying to figure out the best route uh, you know, to get him on campus, you know, whether that's maybe to take a year at prep school uh, with Milton already there, maybe give him a year. I, I, I think they should just take him now. Uh, they got a couple good, they're in on a couple really good court developing quarterbacks in the 19 cycle right now. Uh, I don't know if you want to alienate those guys by uh, putting one of your 18 commits uh, or, you know, maybe directing him towards prep school. So, uh, no, but nothing's changed from what I know. Uh, I expect him to be a Wolverine uh, in some capacity in February. Well, if those three guys sign, that would give us, according to, to my math, 19 in this uh, class of 2018. But there are still a few big names out there, Steve, and starting with uh, Tyler Friday. He's out of Don Bosco Prep in Jersey. I keep reading Ohio State, Ohio State with him. What's up with this kid? Yeah, so that one. Uh, it's been an interesting couple weeks there. Uh I mean, to be honest, I caught some flack for opining that, you know, when Chris Partridge started to be courted by other programs, once his contract expired, is really when this recruitment started to to change. Uh, Michigan was 100% in the lead. He was 100% going to be a Wolverine when he decided to commit. 
was just a matter of when he was going to commit. Uh, ben Partridge's contract expires. He's hearing from Alabama, as we know. Uh, I think Arizona was the other school that was really looking at him. Then things immediately started to switch over to Ohio State. Chris Partridge was not well-liked at Don Bosco. Uh, that's not a secret. It's not a, you know, that's it's been publicly written. Uh, I mean, that really, Don Bosco is where the whole Jabril Peppers things, or the whole Jabril Peppers thing happened. Uh, when Partridge was at Paramus Catholic, they were able to get Peppers to come play for them. He left Don Bosco. Uh, there's been major issues between the two programs. Uh, and then subsequently Partridge since then. Uh, Michigan's strategy throughout the Tyler Friday recruitment was to go through the family and not go through the high school coaching staff. Uh, I mean, they had to do a similar thing with Shane Simon at St. Peter's Prep, uh, the same deal. They're not fans of Partridge. Uh, so, you know, Michigan had done a great job. They've been recruiting Tyler for over two full calendar years, uh, recruiting his family too. And uh, the minute he started to get offers or looks from some other programs, this completely flipped over to Ohio State. Uh, I don't think the high school coaching staff did Michigan any favors in this recruitment. I, I do believe that. Again, there's I, that's my opinion. Uh, I don't have a fact to back it up. It's just the timing and knowing that there's bad blood there uh, really lends itself to basically his recruitment doing a complete 180 uh, the second Partridge is hearing from other schools. So that being said, Michigan took that risk by making this guy their top target. He is going to commit to Ohio State, I expect. Uh, I think he's supposed to verbal uh, on Saturday. I don't see it being anybody except Ohio State right now. And uh, I would say it's a very significant, it'd be a very significant loss for Michigan, provided that's the way it does turn out. Uh, he was their number one target in the interior of the defensive line for the whole cycle. And uh, they pretty much led from wire to wire up until about three weeks ago, two weeks ago. So, um, tough pill to swallow, uh, you know, the eight and five, the, the season, that stuff didn't have any effect on this. That wasn't really what this was about. Um, matter of fact, Ohio state had recruited so well on the defensive line. There, there was a very lengthy period of time there where I don't think they were really recruiting Friday super hard. And I don't even know if they'd had a spot for them at certain points, but, uh, they lost a, one of their top commits to, uh, actually, I don't know if the kids committed anywhere else, but he decommitted kid out of Georgia. So, you know, it kind of opened up another spot. Uh, they missed out on Jason Oa, who was also a Michigan target. So, uh, yeah, it, it the worst case scenario for Michigan kind of came to fruition in this case. So, um, really, the other thing, no indication of any other interior targets right now. Uh, I don't, I'm guessing they'll probably move in on some guys, uh, do some more evaluations. They've done a good job. I mean, they got Michael Dwum for it the last minute a couple cycles ago and, and we continue to hear great things about him. I mean, there's no doubt they can find and develop a guy. It's just a matter of, you know, what route will they go or, or will they, but to this point, there's been no indication uh, where they'll go from there. But yeah, I fully expect Friday to commit to Ohio state. Well, we've never had much luck down in Bayou country uh, other than Drew Dilio, Anthony Thomas. And if you go way back, Leroy Horde, one of my favorite fullbacks, it's just been tough to get kids up here, even for visits uh, from Louisiana. So does uh, Jamar Chase from New Orleans uh, still warm? Is he still a Michigan lean or is it uh, that just pie in the sky? Definitely pie in the sky. I, I it's been, this one's been kind of a funky recruitment too. Uh, one that Michigan really kind of somehow got in on. I mean, they kind of came out of nowhere uh, to get in it. They'd, I think they did lead for a short time. Uh, the ironic thing about this recruitment, 
uh, he, I think Chase was one of the ones that originally verbally committed. There was a trio of New Orleans area kids that committed to Kansas, which is bizarre. Um, I don't believe any of them are verbally committed there anymore, uh, but his recruitment was Kansas at the beginning. Uh, there was a lot of talk that his parents didn't want him to go to LSU. Then he ended up committing to Florida, um, was committed to Florida for a while. Then with McElwain getting fired, he opened things up pretty much right after that. And uh, still the storyline was that his parents really preferred he not go to LSU. Well, that's completely changed in the last month and a half, apparently. Uh, sounds like they do want him to go to LSU now. I'd be At this point, I'd be really surprised if he didn't leave the state or if he left the state. So, uh, yeah, like Louisiana's tough sledding. I mean, in LSU, you know, they, they had a, the national championship one under Saban, one under Miles, but really they've kind of been an underachieving program the last four or five years, uh, but they still, you know, it's still, in my opinion, it's got to be one of the one or two hardest states in the country for Michigan to really recruit. Uh, I'd probably put Mississippi up there too. I mean, they, they've literally only signed one player from Mississippi ever. Um, like you said, they had a little, they had some luck in Louisiana back in the day. Like you said, a train Leroy Horde. I think Chris Howard was also from, uh, Louisiana too. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they had guys out of there, uh, but it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a tough go there for them. They're recruiting a few guys in the 2019 class in there too, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they'll recruit them. The kids will say good things. They might even come up for a visit, but you just, at this point, you just don't really expect them to get anybody out of there. So, uh, yeah, definitely pie in the sky for chase. Uh, I'm not even sure they'll take a second receiver at this point. Uh, you know, we'll have to see, but I think a second receiver would be a luxury. Um, they, they sent, they love the four that they signed in 2017. And then, like I said, we talked about Ronnie Bell. Um, he's a guy I think that they feel really good about too. Um, despite his modest recruiting ranking, I guess would be the best way to put it. So, um, so yeah, that we'll have to see there. And corner, uh, Vincent Gray, local kid from Rochester Adams uh, high school was uh, thrilled as we read to, to get a Michigan offer. He is saying he will, uh, commit on or, or sign on February the 7th. Would you consider him a Michigan lean right now? Yes, I would. He'll, be, he'll also be officially visiting campus this weekend. I think we talk about the three that will, Otis Reese, Ronnie Bell, and then Vincent Gray. Kind of peculiar, like Gray really slipped under the radar for Michigan. Like they, They've come in really, really late on this one. Uh, he fits exactly what they want in the defensive backfield. He's tall. He's lanky. He's got good, good lateral speed. He's a good uh, fluid hips, you know, that type of stuff, a, a guy that could play safety, but cover, which is what Don Brown always talks about that he wants at the safety position. I mean, that's why, in my opinion, they've, they've recruited three, four guys and, and signed three or four guys this cycle that play cornerback in high school, but will play safety at Michigan. So, um, you know, which is, I think what they've needed uh, more than almost anything defensively. So Gray's exactly like that. I think he's a nickel safety type. I think he's a, possibility to commit maybe before signing day uh at this rate the, the good news you know another guy that was a three he's a three-star according to us um oregon ucla and i want to say i know stanford showed has showed some interest but i do know that oregon and ucla have both offered him uh within the last week so like again bigger schools are taking notice of his abilities so he's no pushover uh he's a former missouri commitment i know west virginia was kind of the other school he was really considering don't know if they're a factor or not anymore. Um, I expect him to sign 
with the Wolverines uh, in on National Signing Day. It'd just be a matter of will he commit before then or, or will he wait? So, um, yeah, I mean, Rochester Adams, I don't necessarily think a powerhouse football program. I know they've put a couple good teams together the last few years, but uh, still, in my opinion, kind of weird. A guy, you know, I thought Michigan maybe should have had on their radar a little bit earlier. I mean, this is this visit for the official will be his first time on campus, um, which, you know, again, for a guy that had multiple B, uh, BCS level offers, uh, you know, I don't know, but I guess, I guess it doesn't really matter because it sounds like they're going to get him either way. But, uh, but yeah, definitely a Michigan lean right now. Well, Jared Patterson uh, is one of the few big time tackles still undecided. The last I had heard, he decommitted from Arizona State, took a visit here uh, late in the fall, and he would be a very nice get, wouldn't he, Steve? Yeah, so his senior film is like really, really good compared to his junior film. We've bumped him up to a four star. I think he's within the top two, four, seven now. Uh, we just released our final rankings yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, I know a couple of people on our message board compared him, said he had a lot of Taylor Luan to his high school film. And it's actually, it's kind of hard not to agree. Uh, very aggressive, you know, tackles kind of want at guard. It's easy to turn on film and see a guy be aggressive. Cause most of the time they just got to just beat the crap out of the guy across the line from him, you know, but at tackle, it's a little bit harder because there's a lot of lateral, you know, it's more keeping the quarterback clean. Uh, not with Patterson though. Like his film is like very mean, uh, very violent, and uh, I think he's a great fit uh, for them. I mean, he's going to be a good fit for anybody, but I, I really like his fit at Michigan. Uh, that one's a close race. I mean, it's Michigan or UCLA. I do think he's taking an official to Notre Dame this weekend, but I think the day after they offered him is when Notre Dame's offensive line coach left to for the Bears. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to, maybe that won't have an effect. I don't know. But uh, this one's a Tim Drevno race. Uh, it's on him to close it, I think. It'd just be a matter of, you know, can they finish the deal? And history is not on Michigan's side. They've lost some last second races of the offensive line the last few cycles. I think they're hoping to avoid that here. Uh, I know, I'm, I feel like he's gone back and forth a little bit. I do think this one's really close. He says he's going to commit within the next couple weeks. Uh, I, I I don't know where to call this one. If you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said Michigan for sure. I don't know if the fan base pushed uncertainty regarding Drevno had any maybe had anything to do with UCLA appearing to catch up a little bit or not because he really does like Drevno a lot. Uh, but misguided as it is, uh, Michigan is definitely still in it. I mean, he could very easily end up a Wolverine. It's just a matter of uh, you know again. Can they finish? You know, they lost every Hamilton uh, in 2016. They lost Isaiah Wilson to Georgia at the very last second last year. Uh, you know, it's kind of been a disappointing pattern, and they need tackles. So uh, they got to finish on on Patterson or one of the other, you know, Petit Frere or uh, Calvin Anderson, the grad transfer. Oh, you just mentioned uh, Petit Frere from Berkeley Prep in Tampa. And, of course, when Michigan was down there for bowl prep practice, at Berkeley Prep, and he is uh, going to ink somewhere on February 7th. Uh, where does he stand with us? You know, he's still, in my opinion, this one's like, it's not weird because you're seeing him happen a little bit more and more, you know, these days. Uh, I have no idea where this kid's going to go. Uh, he's played it as close to the vest as I can remember an elite player um, playing it. I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of times, you know, even if the kid doesn't publicly talk, 
there's always kind of a way to get a decent idea of where they might be going. Uh, this has not been the case. You know, he's, he's still planning. I don't know how he's going to do it. I mean, we're, we're at what July or January, what 19th today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still planning on taking three official visits before the end of the uh, cycle. I think all three of those schools still have a shot too. You know, he's, he's gone to Michigan. He's gone to Notre Dame. Uh, but I think it's Alabama, Florida, Ohio state are the other three schools that are still in there. Uh, there are people, I know our Ohio state writers think that the Buckeyes have a really good shot. I know our Florida guy thinks that he actually put in a crystal ball for Florida this week. Uh, I know Michigan feels like they're right in it too. Um, I, if you'd asked me a month ago, I actually probably would have guessed Notre Dame. Again, I referred to their offensive line coach leaving for the Bears. I, I have to think that has some effect. I mean, Harry Highstand was a great coach, but also an excellent, excellent recruiter. Uh, so I don't know if that's probably going to hurt the Irish, probably. But um, And then there's Alabama. Uh, I don't know if he's a fit there, but they're, you never know with Alabama. Uh, they'll probably get him, you know, just the way it always seems to go. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's – it's way up in the air right now. Uh, this one's, I don't know if he's maybe one of those kids who maybe secretly already kind of has an idea where he wants to go, but he's just kind of really playing it quiet or not. Uh, but again, Michigan's really put in as much effort as they probably can. They were his first offer. Uh, Michigan was the first school to offer him a scholarship. I mean, I remember when they offered him a scholarship and he was super, super excited because it was, it was, it was his very first scholarship offer. I'm assuming they haven't, let him forget that, you know, whether, I don't know if that ever really ends up mattering at the very end of the day, but um, it is proof that, you know, Michigan identified and wanted him very, very early on. So uh, we'll just have to see there. I, I have no opinion, I guess, on where he's, where I think he's going to end up at this point. It's just complete mystery. With us on our January Michigan man extra and with our monthly recruiting update is Steve Lorenz from 24 seven sports. Well, Steve, as we know, then things can change in the coming weeks. It will, as always, be interesting right down to the uh, the final wire. But right now, uh, we have you know, roughly the number 14 class in the nation, number three ranked in the Big Ten. Did the lackluster results of last season with the 8-5 and five, uh, record impact this class at all? I don't think so. You know, it's kind of a question I've had to been asked a lot. My This is my opinion on it. Uh, I think you look at the, you look at the, if you looked at the cycle heading in, you know, after the 2017 class was fully signed, I think you'd look at quarterback, tight end, and offensive line, particularly tackle, as the biggest needs for the staff in this cycle. I think defensive tackle probably to an extent, too. I guess I shouldn't neglect that. Uh, but so they signed the top target at quarterback in Joe Milton. They signed the number one target on their board at tight end in Mustafa Muhammad. I mean, he was definitely the number one guy. They really liked Jeremy Rucker, who signed with Ohio State, uh, but Mustafa was definitely their number one guy. But tackle is still kind of where they have to finish. Uh, on the on the flip side of things, you know, they got a, they got a guy we have a, as a five star now, uh, Cameron McGrone out of Indy. Um, we do, yeah, we just named him a five star yesterday. I think he's the best linebacker in the country this cycle. Really, kind of the one position they probably. There wasn't really much of a need there, but it kind of solidifies Michigan as, I mean, the future I don't think has ever been brighter that I can remember at the linebacker position than it is right now for Michigan. So that was nice. But the way I look at it is like this. Like I take like defensive back as a good example. Early in the cycle, you send out your offers, you identify your board, 
you go after the top, top guys, right? So they didn't, there was really no huge need at either of the defensive back positions, in my opinion, with what they have in the 16 and 17 classes, um, especially at cornerback. I mean, you have two returning starters coming back next year, and then you have two uh, former four-star top 100 recruits backing them up, you know, with Amory Thomas and Benjamin St. Juice. You know, so there's a lot of talent and a lot of depth there. Uh, still, they ended up getting two top targets in Miles Sims and Jemin Green. Uh, but some of the other guys, I think it was a situation where, you know, the roster, they've built up a lot of depth in a lot of spots. So it allows them to, if they swing and miss on some of the top, top guys in the country, you know, the five stars, the top 100 types, then there's a comfort level there in taking a few guys who maybe a little bit lower ranked, but have really, really high ceilings. And uh, I look at guys like Sammy Faustin, uh, German Green, the brother of German Green, who I think doesn't get enough publicity as a guy who could potentially be a player. Uh, and even Luke Schoenmaker, the other tight end they signed, uh, he's got, I mean, we heard better, we heard better things about him after they officially signed these guys. We were there. He's got to be one of the four or five guys they've signed. They're most excited about, uh, but it's, I think there's a thing on the fans end where they, they don't want to accept the fact that for instance, a a three-star who was rated 85 was legitimately a top guy for Michigan this cycle. Um, I go back to Jemin Green. He's a little bit higher than an 85. He's like, I think he's an 87 or an 88. I mean, he was legitimately one of the top cornerbacks on their board the entire cycle. They took a verbal from him in April, and they never wavered there, and they signed him. You know, And uh, there were a few guys like that. Faustin, very similar, a guy that Don Brown identified immediately. I mean, he's really good friends with the coach at Naples High School out in Florida. You know, I think is uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but, uh, you know, hey, we got a great kid here. This kid's got a bright future. They go watch his film. They watch him in person. They love him, and they offer him, and they recruit him. You know, and Fawson's recruiting profile wasn't really that great, but, you know, you think Don Brown cares about – I mean, if there's one guy that doesn't really care about where this guy – where a guy has offers from, I think Don Brown's way up the list there. So, uh, you know, so that's what I kind of think. I mean, yeah, there's – there's going to be misses every cycle, right? I just think this cycle is a little bit different because they really feel good about the 16 and 17 classes. Still, those guys are developing. The 16s will be in their third year next year. I think you're going to see a similar situation to last year uh, where the sophomores, so the 17s, you're going to see a much bunch more of those guys play next year, kind of like we saw a lot of the 16 cycle players see a lot of playing time this year. I think it's going to be similar. So uh, there's positions where there's no hurry. And those are where they took a lot of the lower-ranked guys. You know, I go back to Ronnie Bell again. Like, I don't really think they you, – yes, you'll take an instant impact wide receiver. You'll take one in any class. That's why they went after Jamar Chase. But they can also take a Ronnie Bell because they feel good about the Nico Collins, the Donovan Peoples-Jones, the Tariq Black, you know. Uh, they feel good about those guys. So uh, you can take a Ronnie Bell, give him some time to develop, and, and like I said, they think he has a really high ceiling. So uh, – not making excuses for the staff because here's the thing, the cycle's not over yet, right? I mean, if they miss on these offensive linemen that they're still going after, then I think there's there's a lot of room to criticize the way that they recruited the 18 class. I just, I don't know if it's, I don't think eight and five though at the end of the day is really going to be the primary reason. You'd like take Patterson, for instance, Southern California kid deciding between UCLA and Michigan. I think if he ends up going to UCLA, it's because he wants to stay closer to home, right? So um, and there's some excitement there with the new hire with Chip Kelly. So 
Uh, no, I think if they were to have another, let's say, lackluster season or average season next year, then I think you'd start to see a bigger impact on the recruiting trail. Uh, but I think for right now, I mean, they can show their they can show recruits the depth chart and say, listen, like you know, we had 17 first year starters this year. We feel really, you know, like we just put 12 guys in the NFL draft. Uh, you know, a few of those guys had big impacts their rookie year. So, uh, you know, I don't think that I don't think the results on the field stuff really is has going to be a negative impact yet. It will if it continues. Well, again, it's not over yet. We still have a few weeks in this 2018 recruiting cycle. One thing we can say, though, I think, Steve, with certainty is that it's been quite a year for the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten East. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how do you not say they're going to be the best conference in football next year? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Michigan fans don't want to hear it, but like, you know, look what Michigan State did and look what Michigan State brings back next year. I mean, there's a real, real shot. They could be the favorites going in i mean they bring back pretty much everybody uh you know and they have a good a guy that i said it a million times i really liked brian lewerke coming out of high school i'm not necessarily surprised at all that he's turned into a really good quarterback and look at the college level uh you know michigan state i think gets a lot of credit for developing like defensive players you know a lot of defense they've always been good at developing defensive ends uh defensive backs but what about quarterback? I mean, they always, they have a very good knack for, for recruiting, picking out the right guy at quarterback. And uh, Lewerke, I think is just kind of the latest guy there. So uh, yeah, I mean, Michigan state having a rebound year really, really, really bumps up that profile. And uh, I think what might happen is I actually think we might be in a situation where I think Michigan might actually get slept on a little bit heading into next year. Uh, I think they're most of the early, the way, way too early preseason polls, have them as the fourth ranked team in the big 10 East, you know, cause you have Ohio state, Penn state, obviously um, I, I Michigan, you know, we'll see what happens with the Shea Patterson stuff, but I mean, there's, I know the schedule is tough too, but there's reason to believe Michigan could be really, really, really good next year. Uh, so it's, I mean, you throw your arms up in the air right now. I, I part of me thinks that Ohio state might be better off with Dwayne Haskins, uh, you know, at quarterback next year with their maybe have a, more of an ability to throw the ball on a consistent basis. So, uh, and then Trace McSorley, who I know a lot of Michigan, at least our people on our message board were just so down on Penn state, thought they were so lucky last year. Uh, I could argue they were still the best team in the conference. I know they lost two games, but uh, both were really close. Both were, you know, the Michigan state game was kind of a weird circumstances and uh, with McSorley back, I think Miles, I mean, you can't replace Saquon Barkley, but I think Miles Sanders is really, really, really talented guy. I think that'll be impactful. And, uh, you know, and then, like I said, Ohio State is Ohio State. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I pound for pound, you got to put, you maybe the Big Ten as a, as a whole, just because of Wisconsin, too. I mean, Wisconsin's another school brings almost everybody back. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, one of the most contentious conference seasons I can remember uh, next year, for sure. Well, National Signing Day might not be what it used to be, but it's still a huge day for fans and the schools, and uh, it will put a bow on another recruiting cycle. So after it's wrapped up, we'll uh, we'll get you back, Steve, for our February update, and then we can start looking forward to 2019 because that's well underway right now. So as always, Steve, uh, great to have you join us, and we look forward to next month's visit when we get rolling on the class of 2019. I appreciate it, Mike. Hey, Michigan offered two, no, three, two. 
2021 prospects yesterday. So 2021 is upon us now. So, uh, but no, as always, I'll be uh, I'll be available and ready to ready to talk about what's next. Thanks again to Steve Lorenz from 24/7 Sports for being with us on this month's Michigan Man Extra. He'll be back again in February with his final thoughts on this class, and then we'll start looking at the class of 2019. We already have four commits and are in on some big-time players. So I look forward, as I'm sure you do, to getting a jump with Steve on our next class. We'll be back on our regular day next week, and my guest will be one of our favorites, Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas. We'll talk about this weekend's recruiting visits, football staff changes in the offseason, and see if Michigan basketball can get on track after a disappointing loss in Lincoln on Thursday. And a whole lot more. So make sure you come back and join us next week. That will do it for my January Michigan Man Extra. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!